you know, I'm a funny writer because I just start with an idea and I just take it one page at a time, one chapter at a time, and I don't really think about what I'm doing. Welcome to Book Me, sponsored by Nimbus Publishing and Arts Nova Scotia. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Today, author Daphne Greer. often hear established authors counseling anyone who might aspire to join their ranks to write about what you know. The number of people who know anything about attending a boarding school in a Belgian convent is, to nobody's surprise, quite small. But Daphne Greer has mined her experience in just such an institution to create Finding Grace. It's a powerful novel for young adult readers in which the narrator, Grace, uncovers painful secrets about her parents and the frightening history of the convent during World War II. And she achieves this through some reckless acts of investigation inside and outside the convent's walls. Daphne Greer, welcome to Book Me. Thank you. How did you end up boarding in a Belgian convent? Well, uh, when I was in uh, going into grade 8, my dad was in the Navy, and he got transferred to Belgium. And so the first year... Um, I went to an American school, and I had a very good friend who, I think her dad was in charge of SO and was uh, lived quite a life, and my dad overheard her telling me that if you don't like what your parents um, want you to do, you just tell them, you know, wah, wah, wah. So that was my fast track to, uh, to a boarding school. My dad really wanted me coming back learning French, and to go to a Belgium school, it would have been too tricky because they spoke Flemish, and if you spoke English, it would have been really difficult. So we found a convent in a little village called Tildonk, and it was run by Ursuline nuns. And But most of the girls were British, and the uniform was a naval uniform, so he thought that was pretty... Really liked that. Pretty, yeah, he really liked that. Now, when we meet Grace, whose name is in the title, mm-hmm. uh, and, and is not to be mistaken for you... No. Uh, ...she's in a very different living situation within the convent school than the other boarders. Tell us about that. So in the story, she has been brought up by the nuns, and she and her sister live together with the nuns, so separate from the boarding students, um, because they were abandoned there when they were younger. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of an unusual situation. And, and the storyline kind of came about because I have a friend of my sister-in-law who, um, when her mother died, she was left in a convent, and the nuns raised her. And that kind of storyline always sort of sat with me. And so I kind of used that little kernel of, well, what would happen if? Tell us about Grace and Dottie, her sister. Do you want me to read a little Please bit? Please do. Yeah, okay. Psst, Grace, it's moi. Yes, Dottie, I mumble from underneath my blankets. I know it's you. What do you want? My eyes won't go to sleep. Mm, just tell them to close, I say, rolling over. They won't. Mm, I'm trying to sleep. But we didn't give each other butterfly kitheth. Her voice sounds like a whimper. I must have dozed off while reading to her. I glance over at Dottie, who's staring at the ceiling in the bed next to mine with her hands folded above the blankets and her baby doll tucked in beside her. I'm not sure who started the butterfly kisses, but with Dottie, if you do something once, you have to do it every day. Sighing, I flip off my quilt and pad over to her bed. I lean in to give her butterfly kisses with my eyelashes. Bon nuit, I say. 
Be back soon. She then repeats over and over to herself. Dottie can't say the letters, no matter how hard she tries. I lie in bed listening to her whispering until her words slur and she falls asleep. Ever since I can remember, Dottie has always said, be back soon, over and over at bedtime. Sometimes I wonder if they were the last words our own mother said to us. There isn't a day that goes by when I don't wonder where she is. I'm starting to think she doesn't know how to find us. I'm sure she never meant to leave us here forever. Now, when Grace does join the rest of the girls Mm -hmm. in their living quarters, she finds herself caught between two real tormentors. Uh, One is a student and one is a nun. What kind of a bind does this put her in? Well, it's a tricky bind because she has to obey the nuns um, and she has to live with the girls in the dorm. So she's always in sort of a state of constant conflict. I had a nun in my dorm who was really scary and was really quite mean. And um, yeah, it was, it was frightening. So I was able to sort of tap into what that might be like. And on the other hand, there is the student who is a bully, Deirdre. Yes. Yeah, well, there's always <laughs> there's always someone that sort of, you know, uh, tries to get your goat. But I find in life, usually when someone is difficult, there's usually a reason. Um, and sometimes when someone is a bully, it's not that they mean to be mean, but they're hurting themselves. And I think that's the case in this story as well. And this is something that Grace eventually comes to yes. understand. Yeah. It's quite a, a revelation for yeah. her. Now, Grace's need to find a, a friend and an ally, you know, <laughs> to to kind of counter these yeah. tormentors is finally realized when she meets Fran. Yeah. What, what allows them to stumble onto both the convent secrets and, and some taboo subjects? Well, Fran has to do a history project on the convent, and Grace has to do a project on her family tree, which she can't really do because she doesn't know anything about her family. And so she agrees to help Fran, who really doesn't want to do the project on the on the comment because she thinks it's going to be boring. And so they agree to help each other. And they're just in the library looking through books. And, and Grace just happens to discover a diary that was shoved in one of the shelves and, and starts reading it and learns things that, yeah. <laughs> There's an awful lot of lying Mm-hmm. <laughs> finding mm-hmm. grace. I mean, from the fibs the young girls tell to conceal what they've done, yeah. breaking the rules, to, to almost historical cover-ups by the adults. Mm. But I'm wondering, how effective is lying as a literary device, something to move the story along? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm not really sure. You know, I'm a funny writer because I just start with an idea and I just take it one page at a time, one chapter at a time, and I don't really think about what I'm doing. I just try to get to the end page, so I'm not really sure how to answer that. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I saw all these lies, though, as, yeah. as landmines that someone yes. was going to step on sooner or yes. later. Yeah, yeah. well, anything to move the story forward, right? There, there are details which really have the ring of direct reporting. For instance, the, the noise the plumbing would make when the girls were brushing their teeth all at the same mm. time in the morning and, and say the smell of incense that clung to the nuns' habits. Mm. Have you been in touch with women who also attended that convent boarding school in Belgium when you did? Funnily enough, when I started to write, well, I wrote this story years ago. Um, it was one of my, I would say, first stories that I started to really, you know, fiddle with. Um, and 
but I put it aside. And then when I started to really, my writing group said, why don't you pull that boarding school story out again? So I thought, okay, three people sort of mentioned it separately. And I thought, okay, I think I meant to write this now uh, or rewrite it. And um, I was on Facebook and I came across, I was doing sort of research on the school because I was trying to picture, I could picture it in my mind, but I thought, well, maybe there's something online that I can actually see a picture of it. And because I lost all my photos. Um, and I came across a closed Facebook group of former students because the, the school closed the year after I left. And so it was just this gold mine of people going to visit it. And I could see right in the school, I could see pictures, and then they would sort of share, we would share stories of, oh, do you remember that nun? And, you know, so it was really, yeah. So I, when I was writing it, I was mindful that a lot of the girls that went there, they had really horrific things happen to them. I was only there for a year. Um, and so some have happy memories, some don't have happy memories. And I wanted to, um, when they read it, I wanted them to see themselves reflected back into it. And I was kind of hoping that they might be able to look at the school and their experience a little bit differently by the story that I wrote. That was my hope. No. There are some, uh, you know, nasty things that mm-hmm. happen to our protagonist mm-hmm. in, the, in the book, to mm-hmm. Grace. Uh, there are even nastier things uh, that have happened to people, say, a generation or two mm-hmm. before her. Mm-hmm. When you're writing for young adults, uh, how much do you have to kind of adjudicate how much you get into, how much mm. they're ready for? Yeah, there's a fine line. So I had to be really careful with a certain scene. Um, I had to downplay it a little bit more when I the way I had initially written it. Um, and I did run it by one of my daughters who was younger. And I said, how do you feel about this? And she thought it was okay. So, you know, I do sort of gauge my audience. I have four girls. Um, but yeah, you have to be kind of delicate. I think there's a fine balance of spelling things you know, too clearly and just sort of hinting at things. You've uh, cleverly slipped in an introduction to uh, British words and expressions, I know, yes. which might come as a bonus for Canadian readers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's another language. <laughs> well, yeah, I, that was kind of fun coming up with little phrases, yeah. yeah. I'll be I'll be listening to see if I see barmy used yeah. there frequently, <laughs> something like that. Uh, you've been, uh, you mentioned your writing group, but you've also been active in uh, Writers in the Schools mm-hmm. and the Hackmatack uh, Children's Choice Book Awards. Yeah. How have these involvements shaped you as a writer for younger readers? Well, that's when it's really fun when you actually get to see kids who are reading your books or, or haven't read your books and then want to go read your books. Because um, often when you're writing, you're just, you know, you're alone writing and you don't necessarily get to meet someone who's going to read your book. So when I do the school visits, I really love it because, you know, I get to tell them that I never, ever expected in a million years that I'd be writing. You know, I, I get to tell them that, you know, I was terrible in school, terrible speller still to this day, you know, can't figure out where to put my commas. Um, but, you know, that's okay because if you have the desire, you can figure it out. Um, and so often kids will, I had a teacher write me a letter saying that after my presentation, this one boy just went to town and just felt like he could actually write something. So you just never know. Um, you just you don't know who you're going to touch. So it's really fun. I love doing the school visits. Well, Daphne, thank you for joining us on Book Me. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Daphne Greer is the author of Finding Grace, published by Nimbus. To hear past episodes of our podcast, go to bookmepodcast.ca 
or just pop book me with an exclamation mark in your search engine. And if you'd like to rate and or review what you've heard, you can do that on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments and you can be sure we will take them to heart. Book Me is sponsored by Nimbus Publishing and Arts Nova Scotia. Thanks to the Halifax Central Library for the use of its studio. Our producer is Robin Grant and Lynn Fox is our technician who hasn't decided yet whether to enter a convent. I'm Costas Halabrezos now. Let's go read. (laughs) 